0: On a lone Saturday night, me and my baby we had a fight. When a creature swooped down in the gloom and rode away with me on her broom.
1: Oh, Earthman, I've come to take.
0: and fly, soon as we got there I knew why, the shakes and the shivers ran down my spine, it was the land. It in their hair I tried to run But what could I do They had four legs Where I had two They hugged me for breakfast Squeezed me for lunch And just like bananas They kissed me a bunch there weren't no stopping them No siree, And that was the start Of the finish of me They had me Like MacBear
2: Unveil the band.
3: See Mr. Video, now,
4: yes, can you see Mr. Video? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Michael Helms. Uh, welcome to another episode of Planet X. But this isn't just any other episode, we've got a guest, and I'll, who I'll introduce in a second. But first of all, you might remember just a few weeks ago we had a Planet X video show. Now, we're going to, and I promised that we're going to be coming back. Well, we are. We're coming back with the editor of the Australian video guide that we relied on heavily on the soundtrack uh, uh, on the uh, soundtrack disc that came with this uh, great document that I'm just flapping around. It's a. It's a large work a monster. of documentation, and there you can hear Mr. Simon Strong, because he's itching to getting in here too, because this involves marketing, it involves everything here that we love oh, at Planet X. Away. And uh, sitting next to me on my left is Mr. Adam Lee, the man behind the Australian video guide. Hello there, Michael. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for coming all the way. Pleasure. <laughs> From wherever it was you came. Uh, yes, and... Um, this uh, a very unique item, uh, the Australian Video Guide. For a start, just the look of it. It's uh, how many pages is it, Adam? Around three hundred and fifty. Three hundred and fifty pages. Three hundred and forty-one, I think I see there.
5: You might be right. With an update, it's a three hundred and fifty.
4: <laughs> yes, and uh, it's uh, spring bound. Now this is, a, is this is an interesting interesting look for a start, and also it looks like a VH cassette. Uh, VHS cassette Like uh, um, we're now taking you back As we just heard then uh, Back to another age really The Mr Video Riley Bishop ad that we just heard then uh, In an age that has already Been quickly forgotten And that is the age where you could go down To your local video shop And rent a video, rent a movie You know you just don't sit at home And you know pop up Netflix This was different You had to physically get out there amongst it now, Adam's been getting out there amongst it and dying just to document what it was like back in the day. And uh, very important work because he documents essentially this is a list of all the titles that were ever released in Australia on VHS and beta. Uh, and which, how many titles have you got? In here? You
5: know, that's something I wouldn't know off the top of my head. It's thousands, thousands upon uh, really thousands. To hear that. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot. Um, You know, it's 20 years of... Of a business, so that was you know thousands and thousands of films. Um, you know, so most of it is the rental market, but mm-hmm. uh, towards the end there it was the sell-through market, where, mm-hmm. where tapes were for sale only. Uh, you know, but but that kind of fed back into the rental market anyway, because a lot of the store owners actually picked bought those those sell-throughs because they were cheap replacements, or or they were just titles that they didn't have. Yeah. So it sort of felt like you know that that's why it's a big volume. It, it felt like you know it, it just kept mushrooming. You know it, it felt like. Well, i'll just do genre stuff no I'll, I'll just do rental stuff no you know do everything i'll do everything you
4: know <laughs> so you know mm.
5: it, it was a big big project but i tried to cover as much as i could into one volume
4: well in the first instance that's what uh the few companies that existed that got into it they were into everything everything that they could get because there were shelves out there to be filled absolutely now yeah. i i pick uh the mr video riley bishop I wanted to hear that because that's my memories of going to the first video shop that I went to is a Mr. Video Riley Bishop. In fact, my uh, um, wife's younger sister worked in the one in Glenroy. Was it Blackburn or?
5: No, Glenroy. Right, right, right.
4: And uh, um, yeah, and it was a giant building. I think I mentioned this on the um, the last show, actually, that um, it was a giant shop. Um, It went from one side of Pascoe Vale Road to where Myers were at the back. Uh, that was a very lengthy thing, and it had a lot of shelves and very little product. Right. Um, and uh, from the beginning, you know, they they were trying it; they were playing catch up. Yes. Yeah. And I can remember seeing K and C titles, but also there was another one that you happen to be wearing on your t-shirt in front of us now, and that's Video Classics. Now, what this book does is documents these companies, the the early companies that were out there trying to get into a game that they didn't even know how to play really yes they were making it up as they went along which is
5: what sort of that appeal that we all have now that it was so random that it was you know it was dramas it was sex comedies it was anything documentaries anything they could get their hands on you know they would just run a a copy off and get it out there into the into the stores Um, and you know almost every store had a KNC title you know so they they were definitely popular Um, Mm. you know they weren't around very long so I don't know if there was as much you know, negative feedback towards them or anything, but it, they were just everywhere. You know, uh, I, I remember one of their titles on Starbase, like Zombie Flesh Eaters, it became mm-hmm. like the staple of, you know, you go to any horror section in any store and it would be the one title that I would straight away look for. And if it, it was there, it was kind of a sign of quality. You'd be like, oh, cool. You know, you, you kind of felt that they're probably going to have some cool stuff here. But if they didn't have that, it was kind of like... You know, this is all this is all late eighties kind of stuff. You know, I'm not that interested in it. It was more the early stuff, and you know, and a lot of this stuff was turning out in cutter, you know, chip sale bins, and that kind of stuff. So, it was kind of mysterious. You know, there was no definitive list of what actually came out. It was just kind of, all oh, right, there's another K and C. You know, I've never seen that one before. It was a lot of that. There was a
4: lot of um, you know, happy discoveries. You know, well, man, uh, many many uh, um, video shops I can remember too. They had like the Oracle, which was a large spring bound. Yes. Uh, um, that used to be updated on yeah, yeah. A, you a know, weekly monthly basis, you know, and that and was titles. a direct
5: inspiration for this that you know, I think we sort of knew it as a video source. it was a big fat big volume you could to go through, and it kind of listed everything the same same basic thing, and I kind of wanted to recreate that in a paperback, basically that was kind of one of the the goals of this you know to have something in your hand where you can have twenty years of history. Um, you know, from start to finish, basically. Oh,
4: look, it's a, it's a weapon, <laughs> it is.
5: Um, you know, when, when I've taken some of these down to the post to get rid of them, you know, it's, it almost <laughs> breaking my back with this thing. I'm like, you know, um, to, you and then know. there's room for more, you know, that's the part that's you know, that there's, there's still more to be told about it. Um, Man, it's Definitely. not.
6: It's not as heavy as a copy of a video source. <laughs> no, you can no, take exactly. Out with yes, one of those yes. Things. I mean, this They're thing. You know, you, you can read something. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Metal bound volume and, and
5: the other thing is that they just don't turn up very often. You know, we're just talking about K and C tapes. There's probably every week you could get onto eBay and there's a and C tape floating around. But try finding a copy of video source. The last one that I saw went for close to a grand, and that was, oh. that was a couple of years ago. You know, they just don't turn up, which is weird because every video store had one of those. Yeah. You know, and I just assumed that when the video store went video source went straight in the nearest dumpster you know yeah. it's a I, shame I've,
6: I've got one at work man. Oh, yeah, you're kidding do you want to come, i'm not kidding man. Oh, do you want to come and look at it i would
5: love to i'm actually planning a trip to dude, canberra to go dude, look at their copy so dude, i would love 50, to come and see it
6: like seriously no i i long story yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. come and look at it man. yeah yeah i'd love to well all the components are there i can assemble it oh, within 30 seconds yeah five seconds yeah i've been practicing
5: Well, it was one of those things you just pour over in the video store. Oh, yeah, there's that. Oh no, I've never seen that. It was was a great reference.
6: Incredible thing, though. Yeah, Yeah. elaborate metal components that all fit together like. like and it weighs about a kilogram <laughs> um seriously
4: look i used to see the you know the the uh video jocks you know standing behind the counter you know and it was like a lectern it was a yeah, great big yeah, metal yeah. thing you I know i can't
6: believe we're talking about this because I, I, as i say i work in this film archive and it, and we've got one of these oh. things and i've seen it and, and i knew what it was and i've tried to defend it but nobody knew how to catalog yeah, it yeah right, right. on the catalog oh. even because nobody knows how to classify it's it's such a bizarre object yeah, it's not yeah, a book yeah. it's like a machine yeah
5: it is more the you know Alongside with this it was the only reference that and we had for, for what your was book out so much. thank you thank you very much
4: <laughs> uh, you've also managed to capture in color a lot of ads for uh, um, a, a lot of videos and uh, a virt- and uh, various companies which is very interesting but most importantly you've got addresses of companies and where they existed. As, and, yeah, as
5: much and, as that as I could
4: possibly put together. Video um, shops where they existed. Yeah,
5: yeah. Oh I, mean. You know, stickers off tapes. You know, it would lead to one thing. that would lead to another. Oh, there's you know a bunch of stores there or. Um, yeah, it's been a, it feels like a sort of detective work in a way. It's sort of been piecing one thing to another. Yeah,
1: yeah.
5: <laughs> um, and a lot of it has been sort of, you know, the best amount of guesswork that i put together. You know, a lot of this isn't in the trades magazines. A lot of it's sort of, you know, hinting at this or suggesting that, and you'd sort of follow it further and I'd make different connections. So I hope I'm right on it. You know, uh, no one has pulled me up on anything. <laughs> um, but it feels like there's probably more there to add in terms of uh, some more information about this, some of the distributors. I mean, there were some you know very minor distributors who you know I don't know anything about. You know, the, the Gold Seal and Gold Key—they were, they were very difficult to find anything about them. And I, all I could find was maybe an address here or there. But I you know I can't say where the company started, where they ended, why they ended, who was behind it. There weren't many that were like that, but, um, there were a few, you know, most most of these guys were were happy to advertise in trades, you know, they they were trying to sell a product. So they were more than happy to, to have, you know, printed adverts and stuff. But those two were just surprising, Gold Key and Gold Seal in particular, um, just couldn't tell you anything about them. Maybe I'll find something out about them down the track. But, you know, I've poured over so many video trade magazines and just couldn't find it. And they, did, they really didn't advertise. And the, the managing director certainly didn't give interviews or anything. So I, it's just a mystery, you know. It could be related to another company that is actually out there and they just use this as a another avenue to release stuff which happened quite a lot there were lots of labels that had sub labels um so that was sort of like another vein that you know this company's related to that company and uh, on it would go but there were a couple that were just just mysterious that was very you know for whatever reason maybe tax or legal reasons but they just slipped between the cracks well there was
4: in the early days there was plenty of mystery especially mystery about where they got their actual titles from absolutely yeah, uh, absolutely very much so. Uh, um, some of them, uh, you know, obviously uh, they were uh, driving prints. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh,
5: some of those guys were just taking whatever they could get their hands on. You know, they were just literally, if they could you know, get prints, they, it was a, they could mock up some artwork, bang, it was a product, they could sell it, you know. <laughs> um a lot of it was born out of that you know that, that that dodginess that we all came to love you know a lot of it was, you know it, it was sort of, they sort of say it was a wild west in a way that it was there were there were no rules on it it was just kind of just put it out and if someone has a problem with it they'll we'll let you know otherwise just put it out you know and and you've made x amount of money and you move on to your next release you know yeah so it was a, it was a fast moving industry in a way that. Um, you know, twenty years is, is a long time, I guess, for an industry, but it it, it just changed a lot. You know, you know, it had certain stages where, as you said, it didn't really mature until you know late eighties, early nineties kind of thing. But but those early days, uh, you know, uh, for me, the most appealing because it was so you know just utterly random, you know, unmapped, so, uh, <laughs> totally. Yeah, so totally.
4: thanks thanks for mapping it. And I think we'll just uh, <laughs> um get an, let's, let's listen to some more tracks right now. Just take a, a short break, and um, it's Christmas, yes. It's Christmas, so we'll go, we'll go with uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, the song. Santa's
1: watching,
4: Santa's
1: creeping, now you're nodding, now you're sleeping. Were you good for mom and dad?
2: Santa knows if you've been bad.
3: When was the last time you were scared out of your wits by a movie? Halloween, the motion picture about the most terrifying night of the year. Halloween, the night three teenage girls discover the real trick is to stay alive. Halloween, the night he came home. From Compass International Pictures, rated R.
7: Hug of a boo-boo, a hug a bee.
8: We get them right off the Christmas tree. Our Santas is a current,
2: he'll soon be in sight. That must be why the natives are just this tonight. Now, hug of a boo-boo, a hug of a bee.
1: It has to wait for Santa Claus.
7: Send message. Dear Santa Claus, we've been a very good boy. Send us pygmies off
1: shots, Six low comes five
8: walk-a-nooes Four pitcher, tubes, three golf
7: cars, two
8: caledad And a TV dinner for two
7: Christmas in the jungle, everybody call Join little pygmies having lots of fun
9: night before Christmas and all through the pad Not a hip cat was swinging And that's nowhere, Dad The stove was hung up in that stocking routine Like maybe the fat man would soon make the scene The kids that fell by had just made the street I was ready for Snoresville Man was I beat When there started a rumble that came on real frantic So I opened the window to figure the panic I saw a slick rod that was making fat tracks. Souped up by eight ponies, all wearing hat racks. And a funny old geezer was flipping his lid. He told him to make it. And man, like they did. They were out of the chute making time like a bat, turning the quarter in eight seconds flat. He parked by the smokestack in bunches and clusters. Till Chubby slid down, coming on like gangbusters. His threads were from Cubesville, and I had to chuckle. In front, not in back, was his Ivy League buckle. The mop on his chin hit a button-down collar. And with that red nose, Dad, (laughs) he looked like a baller. Like he was the squarest, the most absolute. But let's face it, huh? Who cares when he left all that loot? He laid the jazz on me and peeled from the gig. Well, and have a cool Yule, man. Later.
4: Like dig. Yes, Ed, we dig. And hope you dig that you're on Planet X. That's 8.55am uh, or 3cr.org.au if you're streaming us, which, you know, is a good way to hear us. And uh, I'm glad you've tuned in because we've got Adam Lee here and we're discussing the Australian Video Guide, a book that came out in October and it covers video in great detail and especially the A section, which you've assembled a timeline of important events. Now, what led you... What were the important events and what led you to assemble this timeline?
5: Well, initially it was... It was an A to Z project. It was, a, it was the initial idea. And that was really, as you mentioned, Video Source earlier. That was kind of the concept of Video Source, that it was a guide for what was available. And it kind of felt like... I, I'd wanted to do a project on video, Australian video for a while, but it was hard to find the, the angle to come at it with. And the A to Z stuff was how I approached it, but it didn't feel like it was all of the picture. It felt like that, that's just telling you what's out there. It doesn't tell you how it came to be and it doesn't tell you the, the information behind, the people behind it. And I, I was interested in a lot of that. So that's where the timeline came into it. That um, it was just really to set the scene of, you know, this is the era, the, the 20 years of history that came uh, from out of the, the video industry, pretty much from the start, pretty much straight through to the finish. Um, and in terms of what I mentioned, it was just, you know, any key milestone that came along in the in the in the industry, whether it was um, acquisition of certain companies or um, something that may be in refused classification or was censored for release or uh, a lot of those events. So uh, events that that shaped the industry, basically. Um, you know, some of the early stuff was kind of hard to pin down. You know, it was very because it was sketchy in the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know I could sort of work out there were maybe a couple of companies behind it, but some of them, like K and C, we mentioned before, that they were usually KGC mm. uh, duplicators. So you know, some of that stuff, you know, the, the, some of these people are still floating around. So they're not entirely forthcoming with with a lot of this stuff. So some of it is piecing together uh, what information was available, and a lot of this. Is from the trade magazines that that were around in the era, Um, even though our trades really didn't start till like, late 1980. So anything Mm. before that was kind of, you know, I think it was this, I think it was that, uh, Mm. piecing it
4: together. Um, Well, not only were you winging it, but they definitely were winging it. Most certainly. uh, In in many, many ways. And you just mentioned then duplicators. Like, the, the, the industry just suddenly grew up overnight, and it wasn't just what you saw in the shop in the neat little boxes. Uh, often in, you know, not great amounts that, you know, Blockbuster was decades down the line. Yeah, totally different model. Uh, And, uh, yeah, there was duplicators. Of course, you know, people had to assemble the artwork, not necessarily make the artwork because, you know, (laughs) they just assembled, you know, there was lots of video, you know, dupes of the uh, um, not proper stills used absolutely frame
5: blow ups on covers I mean it's weird that the the things that as a child as a kid renting from stores the things that you know we, we talk about brand association where it was a weird thing. If I saw a frame blow up or no stills on the back of a cover, I generally dismissed the film. You know what I mean? And it's now that I go back and I love these these, these, these cheap. minimalist, yeah, yeah, Totally. Yeah. You know, you could just tell they were just you know flying by the seat of their pants. Like, what artwork have we got? We haven't got artwork. Great. We'll do something this afternoon. Get a guy in here. You know, I've heard stories about that from Roadshow and CBS Fox that they, they, if they didn't have artwork available or the artwork was unsatisfactory, that they would literally just make something up with some, you know, we've got a Chinese janitor. We'll get him to do a, a Kung Fu cover. You know what I mean? It was the... That kind of, you know, that simple in a way um, and it worked you know what i mean they they just needed a product to get into the <laughs> into the store you know um and the way that it worked kind of later was that uh that a lot of stores would have to buy packages mm. they'd have to buy you know say five ten whatever the, the the titles were so they may have had a few lead titles in there something like dances with walls or whatever but there may have been a few duds in there as well or you know
4: well l- a, less than enticing titles um that's the traditional way that films have been sold at film yeah, markets yeah, for you yeah. know for uh decades before yeah, yeah. so um the, in a lot of ways the uh, video industry imitated just directly of what they could of uh, the film industry and what it preceded most it. definitely
5: yeah of course definitely.
4: you know that was star driven and a lot of the earliest tapes weren't didn't have stars like that they they couldn't feature who they had on no, the front no. No. you know there was no cult releases they could become cult yeah, releases. Yeah. But uh, a
5: lot of it then was trying to pitch it as current you know they'd, they'd have a film that was 10, 15 years old and they'd be like <laughs> well, how can we make this thing look like it just came out last week you know, and, and it would just take some aspect of the artwork or a photo or you know something slightly deceptive but it didn't really matter you know what I mean I, it, I never felt ripped off really well, back in those days you know? <laughs> No no you, you, you
4: didn't then and of course you were taking it home but it, but that also was another key factor behind uh, um, the film industry and uh, um, theatrical distribution of yeah, films yeah. and redistribution of films films could come back under different titles yes yes and that's this is where things start to go crazy because <laughs> because films in other countries get in you know uh, they had different censorships yeah, yeah. Uh, different than us and uh, things were different cultural differences so you had films that were released with uh, different titles in Australia yes happened and, quite often yeah um, just to avoid any controversy and just to get them out there on yeah, the shelves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's something that they had to be aware of here. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The census certainly came down on th- things here, um, but different cultural things to say just our neighbours in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, they had different view of what could be seen. Absolutely. By
5: children. I mean, Faces of Death is one that strikes out of me straight away that, that uh, from what I can gather, it was initially meant to be a roadshow release. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, whether it was refused classification or they, I, I think they may have actually just chosen not to release it because it wasn't fitting with their image. They were actually pushing you know, Ma- Mr. Mum and things like that. They were, they were going into a mainstream kind of field and there was no room for that kind of stuff. But that stuff turned up in New Zealand, no problem.
1: Yeah, I know. And for, it doesn't raise and, any
5: headlines at all. You know? Yeah, you had to be 12 to see it, so. exactly and it's an amazing cover you know what I mean it's a
4: gruesome cover so you know it's just something we wouldn't have gotten away with here but well, I, tell you, I tell you New Zealand had their own problems in itself they had them in, in the uh, um, especially in the early 70s when the Kung Fu rage yeah, yeah. really hit they weren't allowed to show weapons yeah, right. so okay. there's you know lobby cards with blacked out weapons you know, I've heard of this in the UK with the nunchucks
5: that they just yeah, couldn't well, have nunchucks. In well, films. that's exactly like New, New Zealand. You know, didn't I, like don't them I don't think we ever had that here. You know what yeah, I mean? Well,
6: actually, censored the word nunchucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is how absurd it was. You know, I, I, don't,
5: I don't think you, that karate, kung fu, action violence was ever a problem with the census here. I think it was no, n- almost no. always a sexual violence problem. You know what I mean? and And just okay. mixing it too. You know what I mean? Like if you. Yeah. If you had nudity and, and someone getting chased with a knife kind of thing, that was problematic. You know, that, that those kind of things would would generally be snipped or refuse classification.
4: Um, but uh, guys beating the heck out of each other that was kind of okay <laughs> yeah exactly it was acceptable i mean exactly. we did have world championship wrestling you know uh, every sunday at 12 o'clock and that had been a long and ongoing thing that had, um you know we'd been having wrestling at uh, festival hall since the or the melbourne stadium as it was called that go back to the not post just post world war one yes. you know that you could listen to on your crystal radio yeah, yeah. Um So well, violence uh, was part uh, of our well, culture. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. I think about how
5: acceptable a good punch-up at a cricket, or at a footy <laughs> match was, you know, up until relatively recently, you know what I mean? Like we, we kind of enjoyed a bit of biff on a, on a field and that's sort of unheard of now, you know,
6: it, it just doesn't pro- happen. problem is that we've moved all the violence onto the screen since the 70s and the 80s. Well, wow, it
5: is like that. You, you switch on the news and and, and, it's,
6: and people object to it. Yeah. They're much yeah. rather it was out there in front of them on, in the street, it, it, it appears. Yeah, yeah.
4: Hey, I've just looked, and we've just slipped into the AM, so it is now Friday morning, and um, it's, we have just got a little bit closer to Christmas, so um, let's go back and uh, see whether we can hear some more tracks.
3: Hey, baby, want to live? Don't pass her by. She knows how to make a man's trip worthwhile, and before you've gone very far, you'll see why they call her Teenage Tramp. Teenage Tramp, old enough, ripe enough for whatever comes her way. Yesterday there was Frankie, Johnny, and Eddie. Today is another day for Teenage Tramp, released by NMD Films. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parents. Beyond the door, where demonic possession lives and evil penetrates the soul. Step inside if you dare. Jessica has gone beyond the door. Beyond the door. Where demonic possession lives and grows. And grows and... Beyond the door. Palace Vibrant Video.
1: Welcome to the house of Madame Kitty, the most exclusive house of pleasure in Berlin. Around you, you see the most famous people in Nazi Germany. Everybody who is anybody is here tonight. And there are Madam Kitty's girls. Oh, they're beautiful. And they will do anything you want. Anything. But I will tell you a secret that none of the men here know. You must keep your mouth shut. Because all the girls work for the Gestapo. They will report everything you say to them. So later, maybe the Gestapo will blackmail you or even shoot you for what you said. But don't worry. You're here at Madame Kitty's to have fun. So enjoy yourself. The night is young.
3: Trans-American Films presents Madame Kitty starring Helmut Berger and Ingrid Toulon. A true story. Rated X.
10: I want a hippopotamus for Christmas Only a hippopotamus Hippopotamus will do No crocodiles Or rhinocerosises I only like Hippopotamuses And hippopotamuses Like me too
4: Oh yes Thanks Gayla Gayla Peavy Who put out that I want a hippopotamus For Christmas And who wouldn't want a big fat Christmas One full of VHS tapes, perhaps, or information about VHS tapes, which this, the Australian Video Guide, edited by Adam Lee, does very proficiently. Thank you. Uh, very, much. very. It's it's an excellent. You can carry it in your hand, and you. I still maintain that someone could be killed with its <laughs> weight. It's the worst ways to go. It is a dangerous device, but uh, it's aesthetically pleasing. And uh, where'd you get lots of the ads that uh, uh, feature? Oh, I'm looking at the Prestige video ad, for example.
5: These are all trades, all trade magazines. So anything I could get my hands on from back in the day. Um, And my aim with it was... One, to get as much colour in it as I could afford, but Mm -hmm. also to represent as many companies as possible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I, I tried to, you know, and it's sort of divided into three sections. You've kind of got the early pioneers where it was all a bit shady and sketchy and a lot of that stuff that we love. Then the middle chunk is kind of the mainstream Um, what I'd sort of call the meat and potatoes of the the video industry that sort of, you know, that that fed the lifeblood of it. And then the last section is kind of the adult stuff, which again was the the, the, the birth of the video industry. Um, And a bunch of uh, video store ad mats that I could
4: find as well, just to kind of give as much flavor um, as possible. Oh, no, it's aesthetically very pleasing. Uh, the ads just keep on popping up again and again.
5: And logos for distributors. That was another effort that some, you know, were in lower quality than I would have liked. But I tried to get as everyone, you know, people like Stage Door and you know, the slightly obscure kind of labels. Um, we tried to cover as much as we could. I'm just staring at one from the adult section now. There's nothing
4: obscure about Caballero. No, not
5: at all. I mean, they're quite eye-catching adverts. You know, I wanted to get as much of this in there as possible because this was the number one selling point. You know, This is what sold people.
4: Well, I can remember, it must have been 1978, gathering around to watch a tape of uh, Debbie Does Dallas. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, that, that, that was really
5: the start of any new technology. You look at the internet, That really, the porn was mm-hmm. the backbone of that industry you know it, it was kind of like that and all of a sudden porn came along and it, the interest in it shot up and you know and it blossomed into everyone else's entertainment but the same as the video industry that it was really mm-hmm. the underground as you said 1978 i mean you know that's that mm. that's early on you know most of the companies really didn't start up till 80, 81. so that early yeah there were there were tapes floating around you know of,
4: of various dubious origin um oh oh yeah definitely <laughs> uh, one of the tapes i first saw was before um the texas chainsaw massacre was released i saw it on tape in a grainy, must have been fourth generation tape um but uh um underneath all that grain you still had felt the power of the movie and i do believe at the time that that came from one of our educational institutions that will remain nameless well funnily enough i was reading a a piece with david stratton where that's what
5: he talks about and uh, (laughs) a bootleg copy of uh, texas chainsaw so and it was funny not long after that it actually came out so i kind of think maybe it all fit into it being kind of acceptable yeah uh, well
4: it had been previously banned in Australia yeah, which is yeah, a reason for it to be yeah, completely underground yeah, that title yeah, in yeah. particular there's plenty of other titles like that too that um, would emerge in uh, various the, the grey market as they yeah, like to call yeah. it yeah uh, Yeah, Uh, but at the same time, kind of surprising what actually passed fully uncut stuff like I
5: Spit in Your Grave, Blood Sucking Freaks, you know, these are all stuff that only a few years later would have had real problems with the censorship board, but at the time, it just kind of, out it came, you know, we didn't even have ratings enforced until like, you know, 84, 85, before that, it was kind of a voluntary you know system, you know, do you want to put a rating on it, you know, an R looks better than an M, you know what I mean, it was kind of just random, and then all of a sudden, bang, by 84, 85, it was legislation, it was legal, you had to adhere to a rating
4: system. Yeah, Um, well, well, it shows you how long it took to get that together It did, yeah, it was for
5: years, you know, for years It was kind of a Wild West, everyone was just putting out various titles The only thing that
4: was really holding us back, though, was the uh, adoption of uh, um, PAL Which was really good for us to do trades with, uh, and the trade market, that's when it also picked up, kicked off in the uh, early 80s. Um, We could do lots of uh, trades with the UK. I did lots of stuff with the UK, stuff directly off TV. And then we had great SBS, you know, that was something unique in this world, and they were Pouring out stuff that was always a cachet yeah, for people in, uh, really in the UK, but we and the
6: US. Thank you. you. I just like to give you blessings and thanks from the UK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think that's the, the Barofic film that I first saw that uh, ah. I I think that was taped off SBS. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I right, suspect. Yeah, yeah. Yes. some heavy metal fan. Yeah, right. Uh, Handed it to me in a car park. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hands around the world. Yeah, International reloading system. It really was. You know,
5: at a certain point there, about maybe the early 90s, mid-90s, early 90s, where the the bootleg scene was alive and well, I think I had trading contacts everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, and SBS was like, stuff was like currency, you know. The the Americans really wanted it. You know, a lot of the American guys really wanted that stuff because not even the genre stuff, just you know, hey, it's a foreign film. It's beautifully presented. It's good. It's got fresh new subtitles, beautifully translated. You know, it 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 just <laughs> it's sorely missed. You know, it's it's a shadow of its former self in a way. This piece it doesn't have the, the 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 wide variety. I mean, it's changed now. The world movies and whatnot, but but back then it was totally. Of, yeah, you know, it was a little bit surprising. You'd see things turn up, and, and I, I have great memories of watching Des Mangan's, you know uh, promos and intros for a lot of that cult stuff later on. Well, at one, t- I,
6: I, I was gobsmacked when when I came to Australia like twenty five years ago and I saw Des Mangan and he showed uh, Jean Rolland's. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Living Dead yes, Girl. Yeah, yeah. And um, the the version that they showed on SBS had... Well, the version I was used to from the English video release had these weird black mats over a lot of <laughs> the gory sequences yeah, yeah. And, and the nudity. And they showed it on an SBS yeah, th- th- yeah. without any of the mats. Yeah, 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 I couldn't believe yeah. I could see it on TV in Australia yes. what I couldn't watch on video. Yeah, yeah it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, Revelation. the great the
4: great thing about SBS was when it was... Uh, um, It had budget, yes, and it paid. It paid very well for lots of uh, legit titles and um, from distributors, and uh, they were well known, and uh, they fed it with the money. You know, public television. Yeah, absolutely.
6: Um, Yeah, you know, it makes sense. Who needs any of this? Corporate nonsense. What we need is a few
4: more. Tunes. Tunes. (laughs) Let's go with something that uh, no one even knew was banned in Australia, but uh, was uh, released by Palace. And this was another of their Palace Explosive, one of the first tracks. And uh, this is uh, the ad for it.
3: The bloodiest, glorious, most sadistic motion picture ever produced. If you're at least bit squeamish, do not attempt to see this one. We have told you about many horror movies that you probably got a kick out of, but this one is different. If you are at all impressionable, don't see it. If you have an impressionable teenager under no circumstances, let them see it. Absolutely no children will be admitted. There'll be nurses on duty, not as an advertising gimmick, but because they will be needed. We are sincere in warning you about this movie. Its title again is The Blood Feast, and it is honestly the most gruesome motion picture ever produced. See it if you must, but we wanted you to know what to expect. It's coming your way now. The Boob Tube. The wild, zany new movie that's breaking records from coast to coast. Everybody's talking about The Boob Tube. Now, TV soap operas go crazy and become the adult comedy movie that can show it all, tell it all, and have you howling at all the insane situations which can only happen in The Boob Tube. There are the scenes you'll never see on TV, even on Mary Hartman, but you should like to. They're the crazy compromising situations that should happen in every soap opera, but never actually come off. Now, every soap opera fantasy you've ever wanted to have a howling good time with can be seen in one of this year's most popular movies, The Boob Tube. Don't miss The Boob Tube. The Boob Tube. Boob Tube. In color, rated R for adults.
8: Hi, I'm Kathy. Just listen to this. The cheerleaders are back in our greatest adventure yet. Revenge of the Cheerleaders. Revenge of the Cheerleaders will show you why we're the team that everybody wants to make. We know the best way for our team to get ahead is for them to get a little behind. And that's what we're here for. So if you want to see the girls who put the high in high school and the last in your life, come check out Revenge of the Cheerleaders. We're everybody's favorite student bodies.
0: Revenge of the Cheerleaders. Rated R.
3: Presenting the Father's Day Entertainment Revolution on Video. CEL Home Video brings you the best of John Wayne. Classic fact and fiction war films, especially for Dad. A video collection that takes you from sports to bone-chilling dramas like Midnight Express, the film that shocked the nation. Fighter Ace, the only book and video gift set putting Dad in the violent seat. Plus a special tribute to Sir Lawrence Olivia, Rebecca, and Pride and Prejudice. Available at major department stores and leading video outlets. Star-studded gifts for Father's Day from CEL Home Video.
2: Exciting motion picture about the most fearless and fascinating performer of all time.
3: Yeah, a real nut.
2: Humba hubba, hubba. See Evil Knievel. The story of a daredevil who wants to jump his motorcycle over the Grand Canyon. It's a
3: wonder he's still alive.
2: Humpa humpa hubba. See Evil Knievel. Last of the gladiators ride his bike into the air and over the fountains at Caesar's Palace, Las Vegas.
3: You should only know what happened to him on the way down. Evil Knievel
2: starring George Hamilton, Sue Lyon, and a great supporting cast.
3: Yeah, with lots of plaster. Hubba, hubba, hubba. See Evil Knievel filmed in Metro Color from the Fanfare Corporation Raider GP. You're a lot of noise.
2: Go away, boy. You bother me.
3: Thundering across the galaxy and into legend. Space Raiders. He's a stowaway on a stolen ship, 10 years old, and 10 million miles from home.
2: Look, you're a kid, you're no
1: gunner. I'm the only gunner
3: you got. Space Raiders in a last, desperate battle.
8: Come on, kid, let's go get him.
3: Space Raiders, rated PG, parental guidance suggested.
2: Do Statewide Video really give you a video package for $499? Yep, they sure do. You mean a video, movie rentals and blank tape for $499 tonight? Yes, and
0: you also get a B.W. Coles Discount Furniture Video TV Unit worth $100 free. Oh, for $499? Yes, you can have it on no deposit for only 59 cents a day. No deposit? I want it. Oh, how do I get it? Ring Statewide Video now for a free in-home demonstration. 397 88 Hurry up, Statewide Video.
2: 397 88
4: statewide video statewide video (laughs) never heard of them (laughs) but this is what it was uh, back in that day Uh, when did that ad come from Uh, it's a trailer Uh,
5: it's a TV spot a commercial a TV commercial from I think around about 85 Mm -hmm. Um, I think that one was possibly off YouTube I'm not sure to be honest there was an online I think that one might have been archive.org actually um, you know I, I was after as many TV commercials as I could find because I remember seeing these ads as a kid it's um, but you know they're, they're not so easy to find now um, a lot of this stuff's on home recordings you know whatever VHS was floating around at the time so if I happen to find any more of them they're like gold you know it's easy to find trailers and logo intros rather than uh, TV spots for um, for the actual rental stores. Um, and I, I think they just often didn't have the budget you know what I mean like a, a 30 second TV spot was probably quite expensive uh, once, once, the, once the chains got into it like Movie Land and Blockbuster was a different story but those little guys like Statewide Video for example that was, you know, it was probably fair effort for them to get a, 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 well, a, a 30 second spot it up.
4: might have been in prime time but um, you had this thing uh, because we late night videos uh, late night TV and uh, you can get away with a lot like uh, we just started that little bracket there with uh, the uh, um, a trailer theatrical trailer for Blood Feast which of course was a palace explosives but another um, palace explosives was uh, Bloodsucking Freaks and I certainly remember one week in maybe 1983 uh, when Bloodsucking Freaks and I Spit in Your Grave was released as a double at the drive-in and they had a TV ad for that and the last thing was Bloodsucking Freaks (laughs) and (laughs) <laughs> I that's the kind of that thing that. I would love to get a hold of. You know, I'd love to get a hold of that. Well, it's something to seek out because yeah, definitely their late-night uh, TV, it wasn't filled with all the uh, shopping channels that yeah, yeah, uh, it is now, yeah. and it was actually filled with movies, and they actually had ads for videos. Uh, yeah.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely keep my eyes open from then.
4: I, I've, I've got to also say, Adam, that yes. uh, this, uh, the Australian Video Guide also included a CD – Uh, VHS Memory Sound Library, which we've leaned heavily on on today's show and uh, the previous show that we did, and um, this is great. So you've sort of hinted at where you've got some of these from, from YouTube. Uh, a lot more of that was actually, um, some of it from YouTube, but some of
5: it's from my own sources as well. I would uh, you know, like a roadshow sample or whatever. I kind of had that stuff and I knew what I wanted. You know, I knew that the, the certain things I think that are burnt into any one that's around about our age, like that, that roadshow intro, you know what I mean? That The, <laughs> they keep doing, well, the, the particular one that was a real you know, annoyance at the time, but oh. I'm very nostalgic about now, is when the film would end. But just as the end title credits were starting to roll, this voice would come out of nowhere. So don't turn off there's more movie previews after the film and it was kind of annoying at the time you're like oh the film's just kind of finished kind of thing but <laughs> but you know now these are the things I'm you know very nostalgic about it's like oh, I love the fact that they're just interrupting the film <laughs> Yeah, no, that's great that's
4: crazy <laughs> yeah. isn't it yeah
5: and that's how the industry was it wasn't as regulated as what would it become you know it was far more uh, free-flowing yeah let's, <laughs> let's try this oh that didn't work let's try that you know what I mean there was a lot more of that and a lot of it worked you know that millions millions were made you know millions were lost in a short amount the time as well but a lot of people made a lot of money but a lot of people
4: were trying to make a lot of money yeah. and, they, and they were trying with their ads to do all sorts of weird things like we just heard them with the evil kenevil ad you yeah, know. Yeah. What, what was wc fields doing there and video classics they were they did a variety of ads and they did lots of impersonations of local, like we heard the other week, of uh, local film heads like John Michael House. That's a great, a great trailer. Bill <laughs> Collins. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, I mean they they had Bill
5: Collins on board. I mean they they you know they got him on board to you know promote the stuff, and they they were really happy with that. there's at the time he was doing I think Channel Ten or whatever was the classic films on that. So it was a lot of crossover with, you know him him making these old films suddenly relevant and interesting.
4: Yeah, uh, but but, the, but then they parodied him. You know, uh, they yeah. made a parody of it. <laughs> well, not only did they have him on board. This is like exploitation of exploitation. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Now, now just an, another thing too. You, this isn't your first foray into publishing in that uh, in the fanzine era, you put out a fantastic item called Spasmo. Thank you. I did. Yes. Uh, it was a
5: short run, but... Uh, but yeah, it was in, as I we was saying, that period of around about mid-90s where it was a very, very healthy scene. There was you know, people publishing zines. There. And, and it was directly related to the video stuff because it was a, a lot of film reviews about films that were kind of obscure, hard to find, so the review was kind of all you had you know and that was uh you know some of these were kind of extended plot synopsis rather than critiques but that was okay you know it was you couldn't get the film that's all completely changed now you can kind of you know you can watch anything you want within reason you can find multiple descriptions of things but back then it was kind of a bit oh have you heard about you know this film or you know have you seen island perversion that kind of you know it was a far more uh, underground you know what i mean but but it was it was a, not just one thing, it was the zines, it was, you know, bootleg video scene. There were a few different things going on, you know. Um, yeah, I did have uh, Spasmo, which was uh, my fanzine, only lasted a few issues. Um, but that was kind of like my entry into that as well. It felt like at that period, everyone was doing a fanzine, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, We loved, you know, Fatal Visions was like a direct, you know, inspiration for all that kind of stuff. It was like, hey, you know, you, you can be in a Melbourne, Australia and have a voice, you know. It, it's it, it's okay. Um
4: yeah. It was somehow ridiculous that uh, we had the distribution that we had throughout australia I- and uh, and what, I, what what I could do with it actually. Um, I used to love confounding people with the cover, you know. Uh, um, <laughs> and and uh, I, I once came across a guy in Orbost, a newsagent in Orbost. And he was telling me about the magazines and we are just talking. And he picked up a, f- a copy of Fatal Visions and and uh, um, Bad Boy Bubby the on cat, the cover. The, oh, the, the cat, cat cover. <laughs> who, no, it was a great cover. Who in their right <laughs> mind would put a dead cat on the cover? And get it into a newsagent. And get it into a newsagent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And this guy was complaining. He didn't know who I was, and he was he was saying, "Look at this magazine, mate. I don't know where where, where do I put it in the how to section? Where, where I can't put it in the film section. No one understands."
5: And that was the beauty of it. I love seeing it on newsstands. You know, that, that felt like the next.
4: Oh my God, it's here in the you know I can buy it in a newsagent. This is incredible. But... Anyway. Thanks, Adam, for coming in. I'm My I'm afraid pleasure. our time has run out. Um, we're going to go out with a couple of Christmas tracks because it is Christmas, or at least one Christmas track. You've been listening to Planet X. I'm Michael Helms. Simon Strong has been doing a few interjections over there.
5: Uh, <laughs> must thank Adam Lee for coming on. Thank you so much for having me on. It's to- been a pleasure to chat. Thank it's
6: you, been- Adam. Thanks for all your work, mate. Likewise.
4: Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. And that's it for... Our show tonight, good night and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas in jail,
7: Christmas in jail, had a little too much to drink.
2: This morning, Amen. Amen. where did you spend Christmas Day? Did you spend Christmas Day in jail? Amen. Now you God. spent Christmas Day somewhere, yes. Yes. and did you spend Christmas Day in jail? Yes. I didn't see the church. No. Yes. Wasn't in Sunday school. Well. Uh huh. Wasn't at the BYPU meeting. No. Oh, Wasn't at the prayer meeting. Yes. All right. Did you spend Christmas Day in Jay? Yeah. Right, well, yeah, did you spend Christmas Day? Oh. Where well, did you spend Christmas Day? Well. I'm talking about the twenty-fifth day of December well. in nineteen hundred yeah. and twenty-nine. All right. All right. Well, well, did you spend Christmas Day? Well. Come on, did you spend Christmas Day? Day in jail Oh, yeah, right. well, did you visit your friend? Well uh, Did you take a trip on the train? Well, oh, well. in your automobile? All yeah. right well, well Did you spend Christmas Day? All right well, I'm talking to you Yes, yeah. right. You midnight rambler All right, then. Where did you spend Christmas Day? Yeah, Come on, Did Come you on. spend... Christmas Day in jail. Yeah, uh, all right. Some of you yeah. have a key in your pocket now. Coven yeah. your sweet blade knife. Yeah. All right. Nothing but a key to the jail now. You, you women? Yeah. You, you women, yeah. you, you women. Well. Where did you spend Christmas Day? Yeah. Come on, come on. You midnight walkers, Yeah. Where did you spend Christmas Day? Oh, yeah. right. You liquor drinkers? Yes, sir. You bootleggers. Right. Where did you spend Christmas Day? Well, well, you right. door Rhinos? All right. You law violators. All right. Where did you spend oh, uh, Christmas Day? Yeah, right. oh, no, you oh, yeah. love mm-hmm. Well. well slick finger gamblers, well, well, where now. did you spend Christmas Day? Don't you that. don't spill the buccas? Yeah. Yes, sir. you that say if I get to heaven, well, well, you get there, too. Well, yes, Where did you spend Christmas Day? All right. Did you spend Christmas Day in jail? Well. Uh, all uh, right, sir. But Brother John, yes. where did you spend Christmas Day? I'm uh, in jail, but it wasn't in what what did did I this gone. day. in yes. I'm not. Talking about the states, I'm talking about the jail houses. Jail houses in some states. Well. did you spend Christmas well, day well, in jail? In jail. In jail.
3: so many copies of the sixth sense it will be in store or you'll rent it free that's the blockbuster promise blockbuster bringing entertainment home